Let's pray together. Oh, Father, what a beautiful song. What an awesome thought that this little girl was chosen by you to be blessed to bear her son. And Father, what an amazing thought that each one of us here today, we too can be blessed. God, you have something for each of us, a life, a life that knows you and loves you and rejoices in you and has you. And there's no greater blessing than that. So Lord, today as we look at your word, would you, God, affirm in us, confirm in us, or challenge us to believe that hope has come to bless, and may we have lives that are blessable. In Jesus' name, amen. This season, Christmas season, we are studying the Magnificent. It is the song that Mary sang when she came in contact with her uh, relative Elizabeth. Of course, the angel Gabriel come to Mary to let her know that she would bear the Son of God. She then also, he then told her, and your relative Elizabeth, she too, the one who was barren, is now pregnant. And so Mary goes to see this miracle, and when she does, she is so, so blessed. As Elizabeth says, the, the child of my womb has leaped because the, the Lord is now present amongst us. She said, what a blessing it is to, to hear and to be a part of and to join in fellowship with the, the mother of my Lord. And it was in that moment that Mary's faith, she believed the angel, but now her faith was sight. And she begins to now sing, and she breaks out in this beautiful song that we're studying. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, take it out and turn with me now to Luke chapter 1. And we're going to look specifically today at verses 51 through 53. But I'm going to ask um, the Cassidys if they would come, and they're going to provide our reading for today. They're going to read the whole song. So let's all stand together in honor of God's Word. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1, and they're going to read for us verses 46 through 55. Now, what we see in this song is we see how glorious and great and good God is to us. And we also see our need as, as those created in the image of God. And so look for that as, as this is right. Matt, first of you would introduce your family to us. The Word of God. Well done. Thank you, Cassidy. If you would, go ahead and be seated. And let's, let's talk about this. You know, last week we talked about the fact that hope has come to be merciful. And, and God is, is able to be merciful to anyone who will believe. Mercy is when we don't get what we deserve. 
God's blessing is different. God's blessing comes to a unique group, to a unique people. And that blessing comes by grace. Now, if mercy is, is not getting what we deserve, grace is when we do get what we don't deserve. And so what we see in God's blessing is a reception of that which we don't deserve, but we receive it because of the grace of God. And there's only one way in which we can be blessed and why and how we can be blessable and how we can enjoy the blessing of God. It's just, it, it's if when we're under the grace of God. It's only when we are pursuing and recovering God's design in the power of the gospel that we can enjoy God's blessing. So as we're talking about God's blessing today, don't think for one moment any of us can earn it. Don't think for one moment there's anything that you or I can do to, to make God bless us. God's blessing comes by grace through faith in Christ alone. And if you are not living under his leadership and lordship, you cannot enjoy God's blessing. Now, we understand salvation. We understand salvation through the three circles. We understand God's design, but because of sin, there's brokenness. If we will repent and believe the gospel, and the gospel is the fact that God took on flesh, lived a holy life, died to pay for our sin, and has been raised in his life. Now, if we repent of our sin and believe in the sacrifice of Jesus, notice this, we are free to pursue and recover God's design. It is in pursuing and recovering God's design that our lives are blessable, and that's where we find God's blessing. If we are living in sin, all that we are living in is in brokenness. What God desires is that we live with His blessing. And here's the question I want us to ask of ourselves today. The question I want to challenge you to ask is this, is my life blessable? Is my life Blessables. God wants to bless us. In order to do that, we have to have faith. And not just any faith. We, we have to have audacious faith. This is one of the core values of, of our church here at Living Hope. When we talk about audacious faith, we're talking about daring to join God where He is at work. Daring to join God where He is at work in the world. And so the, the, the question that we have to ask ourselves is, is this. You know, first of all, what, what is it God is doing in the world? And then, you know, what does it mean for me to be blessed in it? What is God doing in the world? It's simple. God is revealing his love. God is revealing himself to the world. That's what he's doing. And he wants us to join him in doing that. He wants us to be a part of celebrating his greatness and his grace so that others can know and experience his greatness and his grace. What, what God is doing is he's giving himself to the world. This is the end for which God created the world. Jonathan Edwards wrote a great book. It was called The End for Which God Created the World. And in it, look what he said. When you talk about what is the purpose of God, what is God doing in the world, what God aimed at, the, at, at in the creation of the world as the end for which he had ultimately in view was that he was that the communication of himself. God wanted to make known himself. He wants to communicate who he is which he intended through all eternity. This was the plan from before time, was that God would give himself, that he would reveal himself, that he would make himself known to others. There are many reasons to think what God has in view. And an increasing communication of himself through eternity is an increasing, notice what he wants, an increasing knowledge of God, love to him, and joy in him. This is God's purpose. 
God wants us to have Him and to know Him and to love Him and to rejoice in Him. That is God's purpose. Are we joining Him in that purpose? It's only when we are joining Him in that purpose that we enjoy God's blessing. So, what does it mean to be blessed? It means to know God, to love God, and to rejoice in God. It's to have God in your life. And when you have God in your life, by grace, through faith in Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you what you've got. You've got eternal peace, eternal strength, eternal joy, eternal life, eternal love. You have God's eternal blessing. God blessed Mary to be the, the mother of God's Son. And in so doing, fill her with, with rich things, good things, is what it says in verse 53. The question that I want to I challenge you to ask is this of yourself today. Ask yourself, am I blessable? Am I living a life that God can and will bless. Tim Laniak is, is one of my favorite authors. He, uh, he writes from a very unique perspective. He's a, he's a theologian and a scholar, but he has spent almost 30 years of his life going over to Palestine and studying Bedouin shepherds. He, he, he will go and he will spend months and months to study them. He's written uh, on the lives of these shepherds. And what he's doing, his aim, is to help us understand what it means to, for this shepherding uh, analogy in Scripture to make sense. So, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I said, what does that mean? Well, he went and he went and studied what it means for God to be our shepherd and what it means to be a shepherd in that culture. And so he would spend a lot of time with these, these, these shepherds who, who had these massive, massive flocks. There was one in particular that I, 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 I think about often. Tim, when he would go, he would take his children with him. And there was a time when he had his son with him who was, I can't remember his age, but I think he was preteen, right on that, the cusp of becoming a teenager. And they were spending a couple of months with a very wealthy shepherd. He had thousands of flocks and two sons. But after a few months with him, Tim and his son, he came to Tim and he said, I would like for you to give me your son. And Tim was a, thought he was joking at first, and he said, "Ah, oh, you're so funny." He goes, "No, really, I would like to have your son." And he said, "Why?" He said, "I want to bless your son to have my flocks." And Tim said, "Well, don't you have two sons?" He said, "Yes, I do, but they do not want this blessing. They don't love these lambs. They don't love this blessing, and your son does." He said, I see in your son a love for this flock and a love for this blessing, and I want to give it to him. Well, Tim took his son home, okay? He didn't leave him. But it made him think, this is like our God. He wants to bless his children. But do his children want his blessing? Do we want God's blessing? And what is God's blessing? It's God himself. Do we want Him, or do we just want His stuff? Do we want the blessing of being in this life with God where there is love and joy and peace, where we are with Him? Or are we willing to satisfy for something else? See, God wants us to receive His blessing. The question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we blessable? Do we want this blessing? In our text, what we can see 
we can see who it is God blesses. And I want you to write these down. And listen, as you do, I really, I want to challenge you to not just get this mentally in your mind, but really allow this, allow this to be a diagnostic of your own heart and life. And ask yourself, am I blessable? So who is it that God blesses? Write it down. First of all, God blesses those who are helpless without God. God those, blesses those who are helpless without Him. It says in verse 51, He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. Please understand, everyone is helpless without God. But the proud will never admit that. They will never admit that they are helpless without God. Proud people, proud people miss so much of what God wants to give. You know, I, I believe pride is a form of insanity. Proud people are, are they're sort of crazy. When we're being proud, we're being insane. There was a lady that had visited an insane asylum once, and she noticed that there was very little security. So she approached one of the security guards and she asked this man, she said, are you ever worried that the inmates will rise up and overwhelm you and overwhelm this facility? He said, you know, when I first started here, yes, I was. But over time, I've come to realize what they teach us in orientation is true. He said, insane people won't receive or give help over a long period of time. They may help you once. They may let you help them once, but they will not remain committed to giving and receiving help. And that's what, make, that's what makes them insane. It's the same, same for proud people. They refuse to give and receive help. See, proud people say, I, I don't need anything. I've got it. I'm not helpless. I'm good to go. I don't need the strength of God. I've got my own strength. I don't, I don't need God's people. I've got my own life. I can buy it. I can make it. I can do it. I can determine it. I don't need anything. That life is not blessable. That life is not one that is willing to lean on the strength of God. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. A proud person will never take that offer. A proud person will say, if I want rest, I'll earn it. A proud person will say, if I've got problems, I'll figure them out on my own. It's only the helpless that receive the blessing of God. It's only the helpless who can take off the mantle, the burden of the pain of life. Life is painful. And the hardness of life. I'm going to tell you, life is hard. Even when life is good, life is hard. So please don't get discouraged and don't get depressed in this holiday season when you see people, uh, you know, with little children and children and think that that's all fun. I'm going to tell you, it's fun for five minutes. But if you see a picture of happy children, I'm going to tell you something. Those children weren't happy when they took their picture because they hate to have to stand there and take their picture. And so don't think, oh, oh, look, I'm just sure it is so fun. I'm sure it is for about five or ten minutes. And then there's crying and gnashing of teeth. And the Bible calls that hell. And I don't know what, you know. But please don't, don't think that other people's lives are this dream. Every life is hard. Every life has pain. And, and sadly, not everyone has the help of God. 
because God only helps those who explain and who acknowledge that they are helpless. See, when we're in our pride, we never do that. See, when we're, when we're caught in pride, here's what we do. We basically say, what I want is right and God is wrong. What I think is right and God is wrong. What I am is right and God is wrong. That's where sin comes from. Every time we sin, what we're saying is, what I think is right and God is wrong. What I want is right and God is wrong. What I am is right and God is wrong. That's what sin is. And where does that come from? It comes from pride. It comes from a lack of understanding our desperate need. And so when we're in our pride, we lose our minds. And we're scattered. Look what it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as, as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. This is what pride looks like. We think we've got it all figured out. We think that we're just so together. And, and our hearts are darkened and our minds are futile. And so we go pursuing things that won't satisfy. And we're lost. In our pride, we are lost and we have no hope. And so what happens is we get driven away. We get scattered. Look what it says in Psalm 1-4. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Listen, when we refuse to acknowledge the fact that we are helpless without God, here's what we do. We make our life about solving problems, about getting things. And so we, we pursue and we press. And if we don't get them, we fall into depression. And if we do get them, we fall into pride. And as we pursue these things, we always have a need. We always need something more. We need to go fix something or fix somebody or get a relationship or get something or, or get it, whatever. And there's this constant pursuit and never satisfaction. The person who is proud is never satisfied. If you are seeking to live your life without God, here's what I know about you. You're never satisfied because you won't acknowledge that you're helpless and your desperate need is God himself. But so long as you think you've got this and so long as you think you've got this figured out, so long as you're going to do this on your own, your life is not possible and your life is going to be miserable. God blesses those who are helpless without God. And two, write it down. God blesses those who are humbled by God, who are humbled by Him. The book says in verse 52, He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. God and His kingdom turns everything upside down. See, the world says, get as many people as you can to serve you. Jesus says, go and serve as many people as you can. And here's what's amazing. This is what's amazing. Show me the person who is living to serve other people, and I'll show you somebody who's happy. Show me someone who is living to get other people to serve them, and I'll show you someone who's miserable. Isn't that crazy? Our world tells us, get as many people to serve you as possible. And what they don't tell you is, and you'll be miserable. What Jesus says is, go and serve as many people as possible, and you will be blessed. You will be happy. Jesus says, look, do what I did. And what did Jesus do? Uh, Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Why? Because there's no greater joy and peace than in serving God's purpose for your life. And what is God's purpose for your life? To be a blessing. 
to receive God's blessing and to be God's blessing. But to do that, you, you, you've got to be humble. You've got to acknowledge your need. Jesus humbled himself and he served God's purpose. What did we read before we received communion this morning? Philippians 2, look what it says. And be found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Because Jesus was willing to humble himself and serve, he was exalted. This is how God's blessing works. When we humble ourselves and we choose to serve, it is then that we enjoy God's blessing. And hear me, God doesn't want us to be a bunch of losers. You know, the world tells us, oh, if you're serving people, you're a loser. No, you're not. You want to be the greatest? God made you to be great. You want to be great? You want to be blessed with greatness? Look what Jesus said. How does that happen? Uh, what is the text? Matthew 18, 1 through 4. At that time, the, Jesus, uh, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? God made you to be great. What does it mean to be great? How can we be great? What does it mean to be blessed with greatness? And calling to him a child. He put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like, a, like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You want to be great? Be humble. You want to be miserable? Be arrogant. You want to be great? Serve God's purpose by serving other people, by living hopeful and being helpful. You want to be miserable? Serve yourself. Think only of yourself. Trust only in yourself and not God. And that is a recipe for misery. God wants to bless you. Are you blessable? When I went to MTSU to play football, I learned something so powerful there. There was a meeting before the, the, the whole practice and everything began. We got together in positions. And so there I was with, with seven or eight other quarterbacks. And we had our leader, who was now a senior, and he shared a story with us, and I've never forgotten it. He was an incredible athlete. He was recruited by SEC schools to be a defensive back, but he wanted to play quarterback. And so instead of going to play for Tennessee and Alabama and Florida and schools that were recruiting him for a defensive back, he decided he wanted to come to Middle Tennessee State so he could play quarterback. And when he got there, he said, guys, I was so full of myself. He said, I, I showed up and basically said, I don't need, I, I shouldn't even be here. I should be playing at an SEC school. I'm so much better than everybody else, but I'm here, and so y'all just need to follow me and get out of my way because I'm going to make this thing happen. He said this as a freshman. He gets in his first game, and he gets the snot beat out of him. In, in the middle of the second quarter, first quarter, I can't remember which, he comes to the coach and he says, Coach, what do I do? What am I supposed to do? He had been ignoring the coach the whole preseason. He said, no, 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 you got this. You're the man. Go on, do your thing. And he said that, that day, he said he got whooped. Physically, emotionally, he was embarrassed. His family had come, and they watched him get massacred on the field. The next day was filmed, but before film, he went to his coach. He said, Coach, I'm sorry. He humbled himself. He said, I'm wrong. He said, what do I need to do? Coach said two things. First of all, do exactly what I tell you to do. He said, yes, sir. What's next? This was a kicker. 
serve your teammates and make them better. He said, you want to be great? Serve others. And he said, that has been my goal. He said, guys, at this point he was healthy. At this point he was leading us on the field. And he said, guys, do what coach tells you to do and serve to make everybody else around you better. He got injured in the first game of the year. Never played football again. He remained the leader of that team, even though he never played another down. Why? Because he served the team. Everyone respected him. Everyone thought the world of him. Everyone was glad to see him coming. He was there on the sidelines. He was encouraging. He was coaching. He was he was being a servant. And he finished that year as our leader, and we exalted him. Why? Because God exalts the, the humble. That's how it works. That's, that's, what, that's what the Scripture says. And he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. You want your life to be blessed? You want a blessable life? Then humble yourself. Love God, serve people. Live hopeful and be helpful last. Now, this is important. You're going to start wanting to put your notes away in just a minute, and then I'm going to say something, and you're going to be like, oh. And then you have to get all your stuff out again. So just trust me, all right? Listen to this, and let me explain this, all right? Because I know you're going to, I got it. Just listen. God blesses those who are hungry for God, who are hungry for God. Look what it says in verse 53. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. God gives the best things to those who are willing to receive them. You've got to be hungry, though. God has filled the hungry with good things. What are those things? John 6, 35, look what Jesus said. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Without God, you will never be satisfied. Without Jesus, you will always be chasing the wind, and you will never catch it. And you will die, and it will all be lost. It will all have been wasted. Christ alone can satisfy you. I love the prophecy here in Isaiah, and then again, the prophecy, prophecy of fulfillment and revelation. Uh, these two actually go hand in hand. The prophecy of Isaiah the old, under the Old Covenant and then the New Covenant in, in Revelation 22. Look what it says in Isaiah 55. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money. Now look at this. Come, buy, and eat. What? If you don't have money, but still come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. What? What kind of marketing deal is this, right? You know, you see that in the newspaper, you're going to think, somebody's going to get fired for this marketing campaign. Come and buy without money. Look what it says in Revelation 22. The Spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty, come, let the one who desires to take water of life without price. God says, I will satisfy you. I am the bread of life. I am living water. But you can't buy me. You can only receive me by faith. 
you want to know why some are so empty? It says here, look at it again. He has filled the hunger with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. You want to know why so many are empty? It's because they are full of the wrong things that won't satisfy. Let's be honest. I had to be honest with myself this week. There are times I'm not hungry for God. And some of you are sitting here right now, and, and if you're honest, you're not really hungry for God. You're hungry for pleasure, or power, or possessions, popularity. You want people to, to respect you for what you can accomplish. That's what you're hungry for if you're honest. And you're going to be sent away empty. So the only folks who are blessed and filled with good things are the ones who are hungry for God. And here's what's happening in some of our lives. It happens in mine. I had to repent this week. So I had to say, God, I'm filling my life up with things that won't satisfy. And I've lost my appetite for you because that's how it happens. I was, I was thinking about this week. I've been doing some work with FCA, and I was, re- I was remembering when I was a high school student. They would ask me to come and speak at these fundraisers, and I would I would talk about FCA, and we would raise money for FCA. And uh, I remember sometimes I would go to these things, and the food would be terrible, right? And I was a young athlete, and I was working out. And when you're a young athlete, you you're hungry almost all the time, right? Still now, but you look like this when you're 43. All right, so just be mindful that you need to change what you. So. We were going to one of these things, and I was thinking, food's probably going to be terrible. I'm starving, so I go to McDonald's. I get the number two. Two cheeseburgers, loaded, super size, because I'm the man, right? So here I am in my 1979 Ford Fiesta three-speed, running the lake, so I'm just, ah, 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 double, two cheeseburgers, fully loaded, super size fries, super size Coke. I walk in, I'm kind of feeling it, tasting those onions. Yeah, you do that kind of burp, kind of inside. Nobody hears it, but you taste it. And yeah, it's almost kind of like, you know, uh, it's kind of sitting that the other way, right? Because it's just like there, you know? And you just, well, you know what? We get in there, we sit down, and they're serving lobster and steak. I mean, the smell of it was like... Heaven's going to smell like this, right? Oh, my goodness. Here was this meal, and I couldn't eat it because I'm burping up cheeseburgers from McDonald's. I'm not even hungry. The best meal probably I ever could have eaten in my life was put in front of me, and I couldn't touch it. Why? Because I wasn't hungry. Why? Because I had filled myself with cheap food. If you're not hungry for God today, let me tell you why. Because you filled your life with cheap things. Power, pleasure, popularity, possessions. And if that's what you're hungry for, and if that's what you're pursuing, I just want to go ahead and give you a heads up. You're not blessable by God, and you're going to be empty. But here's the good news. You are blessable. Because here's what God can do supernaturally. 
if you will repent and believe and acknowledge that you've been living for the wrong things, you know what God will do? He will empty out that old junk. He will give you His presence, and He will fill you with His good things. And He will make your life blessable. But you've got to receive it. You've got to say, God, I'm helpless. You've got to be humbled. And you've got to say, God, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for what is best. I want a blessable life. And if you want it, God will give it to you right now. Can I ask for it? Is your life blessable? Now, without Jesus, it's not. And if you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm begging you, come get on your knees before God right now. Repent of your sin and ask Jesus to take over your life. Some of you are believers in Jesus, but you're not hungry for him, are you? Ask God to give you an appetite for what's best. Some of you, you're not fulfilling your purpose, and so you're empty. Ask God to do a miracle. Ask God to enable you to fulfill the purpose for which He saved you. And if you do need a miracle today, ask God for it. God's not in heaven trying to hold His lucky charms, right? He's not hiding them from you. He wants to pour them out. But you've got to ask Him for them with empty hands to receive them. And I want to invite you to do that right now. So let's stand together and let's pray together. Father God, as we sing about blessing, as we sing about your blessing, and we cry out to our own souls, bless the Lord, O my soul. Lord, I pray for some who need to come and get on their knees and ask for your blessing. Who need to repent of sin and the empty way of life. They need to ask you for a miracle. They need to ask you for a hunger. They need to ask you to do something inside of them that lives in the real world that they might fulfill their purpose and be satisfied. God, I don't know what you're doing in the lives of people today. I know some are on top of the world and some feel like they're underneath the mountain. But Lord, all of us need the same thing. We need Jesus. So would you hear the prayers of some who want to come to you today and say, God, bless me. Make my life blessable. I'm helpless. I'm humbled by this. I'm hungry for this. And God, bless him. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.